Welcome to Sermons from Silver Moon with Pastor Phil Barber of the Silver Moon Full Gospel Church. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church is committed to preaching the Word of God and invites you to join them for Sunday morning worship at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night service at 6.30. Now, here's Pastor Phil Barber with today's message. We're starting a sermon series on 1 John. I mentioned that that we started a little bit last week, but uh, the Lord has placed on my heart that people need to know if they're authentic, if they're Christian or not. There's some bad teaching out there. People tell you it's in the Bible, but this phrase is not in the scripture. Once saved, always saved. Now I'm going to tell you something. I, I know if you're saved, you will live saved. There are genuine Christians and there are genuine fake Christians. But let me say this. Only you know. Second, you would want to know if you were genuine or if you were not genuine. And that's why the Apostle John wrote this letter because the church was filled with genuine, fake, false prophets, genuine, fake, false Christians, and genuine, false doctrine. And those people who tell you that doctrine is not important are lying to you. And that's what John will tell you. Remember I told you there are three tests that John will give us in this letter. It's the moral test. Do you walk with Christ? The social test. Do you love God? Do you love your neighbor as yourself? And the doctrinal test. And they're all tests you have to pass. Who of you would want a doctor to work on you who only got through two-thirds of the way through school? Passed moral test, using that social test, but failed the doctoral test. Or would you sign up for that? Go ahead. Cut me open. (laughs) You did pass that part, didn't you? (laughs) Can you show me? No. Every one of us should want to know the truth about ourselves. Also, we need to know the truth about the prophets that speak to us in our lives. Now, what you need to understand, this letter was written to people who had been raised in pagan beliefs. These were not Jewish people. These were not people who came out of Old Testament belief system into a New Testament belief system. These people had no idea about the Bible, about the Old Testament, about the things of God. They were converted from paganism, for they worshipped Diana or Artemis, a goddess of fertility. And one of the temple of Diana, the temple of Artemis, was considered one of the seven wonders of the world. And it's said that these people, after hearing the gospel, brought all their magic books and items and trinkets and threw them in a fire. And I'm told that all those things they burned at today's value would cost $5 million. So they burned $5 million worth of stuff. After they come to the light, after they came to the light and life of Jesus Christ. 
The reason we know that they are not Jews is found in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 21, where John tells his readers not to worship idols. Jews, since their captivity in Babylon, have never worshipped idols. Never again. And so that tells you and me that these people were former pagan worshipers. They were Gentiles. They were like you and me. Not only that, John tells them that many antichrists have appeared. And these are little antichrists. And one reason I feel kind of led to go into the series is, I don't believe that we're very far from the real Antichrist, the main Antichrist. He was going to come and make a treaty with Israel. I'm going to put it on Facebook this way. You need to be on the inner circle. Now I'm going to show you some statistics about genocide. Now I'm going to show you the lie of the world about who is being killed in the Middle East. And after you see the statistics, you're going to know... That it's not the Palestinians, it's not the Arabs, and not the Muslims that are being put to death. It is God's people, the Jews. And second, the church. But this will mostly be about the Jews. There are countries where there were tens of thousands of Jews not long ago. And today, there's only a handful There's one country where there were thousands of Jews, and today there's only one. But there's many antichrists, John is saying. And we have many little false prophets and false prophets in our world today that are speaking, and they are speaking not to the world, but they are speaking in the church, and we have no clue. Sometimes we don't want a clue, because we like what they're saying. They tickle our ears, they tickle our lives, and we enjoy it, and that's what I want to hear. And as I thought about this, I thought, well, this is the last thing that most people want to hear. But the church is being pummeled with deception and false doctrine. They're being defrauded because they are following and listening to the wrong people. So John is compelled To write this letter to set the record straight so that they'll know what is true and what is false. Let me give you an illustration that I've given to you before. But I've been told that when you tell people, the people who look for counterfeit bills, that they do not ever study the counterfeit. They only study the true. Because if you know what the true bill 20 looks like, the true hundred dollar looks like, the true fifty looks like, you can identify the false. So I'm not going to spend time chasing false doctrines. I'm going to talk about what you should know about Jesus Christ, about God's word. Because we live in a world, as these people did, where deception abounds. And John is defending the true gospel against the false gospel. He's defending the true prophet against the false prophet to protect the people of God so that they will not be led astray. 
There are wolves dressed in sheep's clothing. And their goal is to devour God's people and destroy his church. The guy who wrote this was the Apostle John, one of the 12 disciples. He was one of the very first ones called by Jesus Christ. And he walked with Jesus. He heard Jesus. He heard all of Jesus' sermons, all of Jesus' teachings. He saw Jesus' miracles. He saw Jesus on the cross. He saw Jesus Christ after the resurrection. He saw Jesus Christ ascended in heaven. He was there on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit took the place of Jesus. I'll send you another comforter. When the Holy Spirit descended from heaven on the day of Pentecost, And filled the 120 with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And he was there through all the history of the book of Acts. But he's the last one. He's the last messenger. And he's going to speak to the people's needs. And as we read this book, you're going to understand the severity and danger of sin... And you're going to understand the necessity of a Savior in your life. He is speaking to us. Because he wants to tell you that you can recognize this danger. Because people end up calling, making God a liar. Calling God a liar. And he's right up because he says in verse two, chapter 2 verse 1. Little children. How do I know he's right? If we confess our sins. Well, the world doesn't confess their sins. If we, John is tying himself to these people, I'm tying myself to you. I'm talking about us. You and you and you and you and me. I'm talking about us. There's a lot of churches that want to talk about them. But there's not many letters written to them. It's the epistle to the Romans. It's the epistles to the Corinthians. It's the epistle to the Galatians, to the Philippians, to the Colossians, to the Fisians. It's the Timothy. It's the Titus. If Paul was alive today, he would have never written a letter to Joe Biden, Donald Trump, or Barack Obama. But he had written us one. Now I'm trying just to include all the politicians. I'm not trying to be political. But Paul never wrote a letter to Caesar. He never wrote one to the governor of Jerusalem or the governor of Judea or the governor of Asia Minor. Read to us so we'll know if we're living for God or if we're not living for God. I could take you through letter after letter. It's we. It's you and me. You find out what a person believes about Jesus and what he thinks about sin... And you'll know whether he's a true believer or not. Now, I'm going to give you an outline. And I'm just, I know I'm way... God is light is what he's going to tell us. Well, that's boring. John chapter 1, verse 5. But I want to tell you something. You need to know that first. Now, the world wants to tell you that God is love. And he is love. But that's not where you start. You start with light, that God is light. You have to know God for who he is. 
You need to know God for who he is before you can love him for who he is. Because God has some characteristics and some traits that you may not like. And can I tell you something? You don't like them. There's not a thing you like about God until you get saved. Men love darkness rather than light. Most of us are like Adam and Eve after they sinned. Hiding in the shadows in the darkness. And the only reason we come out of the shadows and the only reason we come out of the darkness is because God calls us. Adam, Eve, where are you? But see, Christian, you know this. When we get a little cold and a little lukewarm, a little indifferent, we have sin in our lives and we're not doing what we ought to do. Not living like we should live. We hide from God. And the thing is, I may not know it. The person sitting next to you may not know it. Your wife may not know it for a while. The church may not know it for a while. But you're lurking in the shadows instead of the light. So let me give you this and I'll try to find a place to quit. But if you're a Bible student, you should probably write this down. First John chapter 1 verse 5, which says God is light is the foundational scripture for everything that goes from chapter 1, verse 6, through chapter 3, verse 10. And that's all about God as light. All that's about God as light. And then from 3.11 through 5.12, all that's about God as love. Because... If you don't get God as light is right, you'll not get God as love right, and you'll have the Oprah Winfrey gospel. You'll have the world's gospel. You have the Rainbow Coalition gospel. God is love, which means I get to do what I want to do when I want to. You get that, you know, when you just start with God as love, you act like a stupid teenager. Mom, I ought to get my way and do what I want. If you love me, you let me do it. But see, God is light shows you there are ways to live and certain ways to do things properly. And if you don't know that, you're going to get hurt. I know mom's old fuddy-duddy. But there is light and there is love. And you always start with light. Now, as we go through this in the weeks to come, especially from 1-6 to 2-2, you're going to see there's six if clauses. And you need to look at those because we're going to look at them. And there are three if we say clauses. If we say. So I'm talking to you if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian... Join up so you can have the life and light that John is talking about.
Five times John will use the word sin and two times he will use the word darkness. And to think correctly about Jesus, you have to think correctly about sin. To think correctly about light or God's love, you first of all have to think correctly about light. Once you see your sin as you ought to see it, then you will understand verse 2, where you learn in verse chapter 2, verse 1, Jesus Christ is your advocate, he's your intercessor, he's your friend, he's your lawyer. And then in verse 2, he's your atonement. And if you'll get this right, you won't call God a liar. All liars, because you're lying about God, will have their part in the lake of fire. Don't lie about God. So John's going to give us six directives. In verse 5, it says, do not deny the character of God. Verse 6, do not deny the consequences of disobedience. Listen, I read this week, there's what I call a liberal church. A mother got offended because sin was being taught and she that we're all born in sin and she had the goal to say this i'll say goal she stood up and said listen my daughter's 11 years old and she's never sinned and you know what else she went on to say i don't think she'll ever sin there are consequences for disobedience for all of sin i will do not deny the cure in the blood of Jesus. Chapter 1, verse 7. Do not deny the condition of all humanity. Do not deny the confession of sin. There are those who will tell you, we ran into it at youth camp. You don't need to confess your sins because you're forgiven. I'm going to tell you something. I know we're to strive for perfection. But all the perfect people in our church are already in heaven, okay? They've, they've died and gone on. <laughs> but we're to confess sin. If you have it in your life, I want you to understand something. About there's therefore now no, why you have to confess sin. You'll say, well, there's therefore now no condemnation that they are in Christ Jesus. That's true. But some of us still sin. So what do I do if I sin after I'm saved? After I give my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. I confess my sin. But you said, Pastor, I'm already forgiven. All my sins are washed away. Now listen to me. And this is why you'll need to hear this again. Judicially, according to the judge of all the earth, of all men, you've been declared innocent. As though you've never sinned. Isn't that something? You, God forgives you and it's like, we're going to treat you as a new creature. Which the Bible says, you've never sinned. Judicially, you're, you've never sinned. So why do you have to forgive, ask for, confess your sins? Get this. You have to confess your sins because now you're in a family. And you have to be honest with God and one another. And we'll learn that. And so, because God's my father, I'm going to be honest with God and confess whatever sin or sins I've confessed 
And I'll be willing to do that because I'm in the family. Those who are not willing, that's what John's going to tell you. Those who are not willing to confess their sins and say they haven't sinned, even though they have, are not in the family. I'm going to be open and honest with God. I'm going to be open and honest with you. And I may not tell you I'm going to list all my, but I'm going to tell you, I've told you. Sometimes I have sin of the spirit, of the heart, of attitude. I say things I shouldn't say, think things I shouldn't think. I've done things I shouldn't. And God forgive me that I fall and fail. But I'm going to tell you what. I want to be right with God. I'll be right with you. Because we're family. And when you're in the family, when you're in the family, you'll do whatever it takes to keep fellowship in the family. I didn't preach it or not to on the prodigal son. But the prodigal son... When he went into the house where the party was, he was, and this is what I want to tell you about kids who are rebellious. They have to submit to you. You don't have to keep giving to them. The prodigal son had a choice. Even the older son had a choice. Am I going in or not? And if I go in, I'm submitting to the father. When you're in God's house, you're no longer living for yourself and doing what you want and getting what you want. Now it's like, Okay, Father, I've sinned against you, and I'm going to come in the house, and I'm going to submit to your rules. I'm going to submit to your commandments and your life. The correctness, you have to do not deny the correctness of God's word. It is infallible. It is true. Do not deny the cost of salvation. And when I got here, and I was reading, I thought, wow, do not Deny the character of God. Do not deny, for example, the cure of the blood of Jesus. Do not deny the confession said. But you know what? It's all negative. But isn't that what God did with the Ten Commandments? Thou shall not have any other gods before me. Thou shall not commit adultery. Thou shall not covet. Thou shall not murder. And so it's do not. Do not, do not, because it's stronger. Because if you do, there's consequences. You can eat of every fruit, every tree in this garden, except this one. And if you do, you'll die. And that's where we're at. Am I authentic? Am I true? Am I a genuine Christian or am I a genuine fake Christian? Because I want everybody to think I'm genuine. So, how do I know that the difference between a genuine Rolex and a genuine fake Rolex? You tell me not to buy it. But how do I know if it's real or it's not real, Pastor? And here's what I told him. Just hold it. Because a real one is heavy. And it's got some real guts in it. 
and a false one is light because there's nothing in it to make it last for very long. And see, when we take communion, we take it three times during the last four or five weeks. We won't take it today. But you're taught to examine yourself. You're to weigh your heart. So I'm not, I can't do it. The Spirit can help you and the Word can help you. Hold your heart. You have that real guts in it or do you not? Listen to me. When you ask God's light, the God of light to come in your life, there'll be no shadows. There'll be no darkness. Everything will be revealed. All the flaws, all the flaws, all the weaknesses, all the scars, all the blemishes. It's like being, I don't, I don't know what it's like, but I'm, I'm just guessing. But it's like being the new bride. And then for the first time, she's going to go and into the restroom, I'll say, and get the washcloth out and wash everything off her face. And she's thinking as she's doing that, now he's going to see me without makeup for the first time. (laughs) And he's going to see my face. He's going to see me as I am. And this is what we're trying to do. God, I'm going to look in the light. And I'm going to see myself as I am. And guess what? You can see yourself fine if you are. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not wanting you to hunt sin, search it. If it's there, the Holy Spirit will point it out immediately. You won't have to guess. You'll never have to guess with the Holy Spirit what the problem is. There is there is no like, well, I wonder what I've done. No, if you have to do that, don't start looking for things. The devil will help you there. Don't listen to him. Not now. This is when you... God, your light, shine on my heart. Am I genuine? Thank you for listening to Sermons from Silver Moon with Pastor Phil Barber. To find out more about today's message, you may contact Silver Moon Full Gospel Church at 417-472-3360. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church is located on Highway 59 North between Neosho and Diamond, Missouri. Morning worship is at 10 a.m. with a Wednesday night service at 6.30 p.m. The Silver Moon Full Gospel Church, where the distance is worth the difference. Never miss your favorite show again. For more than 30 years, KNEO has been bringing you great Bible teachers on a local and national level. And now we've made it easier than ever to hear from these great men and women of God. KNEO's entire lineup is now available to listen anytime, anywhere through our website. Go to KNEO.org slash podcast to see all the options. You can search for programs alphabetically, or you can select individual categories like culture, kids, leadership, or music. We even have a category just for locally produced programs so you can hear from pastors and spiritual leaders located right here in the four-state area. And 
All these resources are absolutely free. Kaneo's mission is to get God's Word in front of you, and this is one of the ways we do it. Give it a try today. Go to kaneo.org and click on the podcast tab to get started. <laughs>